I believe that most people will say that they've learned more from their mistakes than they did from their successes. Yet, being wrong remains one of the most feared outcomes in our lives. In this podcast, I will share lessons that I have learned from my mistakes that have helped me to get one step closer to a more authentic version of myself. My name is Lonnie Was the Third, and this is what I did wrong. Money, 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 the almighty dollar, the mean green. There's a few songs that I love that talk about money. One of them being Money, Power, Respect by the Locks. It's the key to life. Money, power, respect, what you need in life. Money, power, respect, when you eat and write. Money, power, respect, help you sleep at night. You'll see the light. It's the key to life. Money, power, and respect, what you need in life. Money, power, respect, when you eat and write. Money, power, respect. Money, power, respect. Money, power, respect. And then, of course, we got to talk about Money by Cardi B. I was born a flex. Diamonds on my neck. I like boarding jets. I like morning sex. But nothing in this world that I love more than checks. Money. All I really want to see is the money. I don't really need the D. I need the money. All a bad bitch need is the money. In this episode, I'm going to talk all about money, my money pitfalls, the money mistakes that I made, and the money moves that I've made. And I really want to start with my relationship with money. So growing up, I grew up in a working class household with a mom who worked pretty much day and night. So I saw money, you know, I felt like you definitely needed it. I was aware that you needed money to survive. I was aware that it took hard work to get money. And I also was super aware about honest money versus um, dishonest money, right? So I grew up in Baltimore. So I was aware of drug dealers. I was aware of what it looked like to not earn money the legal way. And I also saw what it was like to earn it the legal way. And I never wanted to go to jail. So I knew that the way that I would make money would always be the legal way. Okay. So, but growing up um, with money, I would say we definitely were working lower class. However, I wouldn't say that I felt like there was a lack of money, but I also would say that I don't feel like there was an overabundance, right? Like I didn't feel like we were millionaires or thousandaires, but I didn't feel like we were poor. I didn't feel like we were scraping the bottom of the barrel and we weren't. I was an only child and I'm pretty fortunate in the sense that pretty much anything that I asked for monetarily, I would say that I got like back to school clothes, if I wanted to go on trips, if I wanted, you know, money for allowance or, you know, even like little things like redecorating my room. I never really felt like I was denied of anything because I didn't have the money, which again is doing huge part to my mother and her working super hard to make sure that that was the case. And also I had like family members sometimes that would give me money, but for the most part, 
I had what I needed. But what I learned about money early on was a few things. The first thing my mother always taught me was that to be generous with money. She always was a big advocate for if you give money away, that's how you get it back, right? Like, so don't be stingy with money, be generous. The second thing I kind of learned about money was the value of it because I had a job pretty early, I would say. Not as early as some people, but I would say my first job was probably around 15, no, 16. Um, I always knew that I would need my own job to make my own money. I always wanted to be independent and I knew that it took money to teach me responsibility, but it also took money to be independent and I always wanted to be independent. So that's what I learned. And then kind of later in life around high school, when I started going to church, I started having this other really interesting relationship with money, which was a lot of guilt around not paying tithes. And if you're not familiar with church and especially the black church, there's this huge emphasis on something called tithes, which is 10% of your income going back to God or going back to the church. So in the black churches, at least the ones that I went to, it was hugely emphasized that the minimum that you should be given financially should be 10% of your total income and that that should go into like pretty much a donation towards the church every week or every month or whatever. And there was this really like guilty feeling if you did not do that. And also there's something called offering. So offering is basically like the extra gift that you give to God or to the church on top of this kind of financial obligation of your tithes. And the tithes are supposed to, one, show your dedication to God and to the church, but also really supposed to be like, you know, your foundation almost of your faith, kind of like, oh, if you believe that God is real, you would you would give this donation, this physical um, investment, right? So that is pretty much my relationship with money. So it went from having a working class mom to learning about generosity to getting a job to going into the church world where you know you were told to give a certain portion away charity etc i will also like to say that i grew up with a mom that was pretty frugal like i learned about frugality kind of organically you know my mom is not a a a, a real like person who is very like um, luxurious or where she'd spend like a lot of money on things like she's not like a person that's like into name brands or um, things that are super expensive just for the sake of being expensive. So I really learned about being thrifty early on. And it wasn't from a place of lack, really. It really wasn't. It was just from a place of understanding that true value in life does not come from money. True value really comes from your own understanding of yourself, you being a good person, etc. So I learned a lot about thrifting and a lot about saving money from my mother. Like my mother is someone who saves a lot. So that was something that I learned very early on. I always knew that once I got money, that it wasn't necessary for me to spend it all in that moment, that it was a lot of value in saving money for what my mom and other people would call for a rainy day, right? This idea that there is a pot of money that is available to you in extreme circumstances where you fall hard on your luck or you lose your job or you need to purchase something. So I was always taught that you should have a savings. 
So this podcast is called What I Did Wrong. So I really want to go through some of the money pitfalls and mistakes that I have made and even some of the struggles that I even still have today. So the first piece that I want to talk about is going all the way back to freshman year of college. I was walking in the union, which is like the common meeting space on campus for eating and social activity. And I saw a table and the table had some type of signage that was about like a credit card. And up until that point, I didn't didn't really know what a credit card was, but basically after I talked to the person at the table, they were telling me that I could get a credit card and all I had to do was apply right on the spot and basically that this would be a card that would be like free money and I wouldn't have to pay back everything that I spent, right? So I'm like, oh, this is a win-win. Like, I felt like I'm an adult now. I'm ready. Like, I can qualify for this. So part of it was me just feeling like, oh, I'm grown now. I can make my own decisions. No one had ever really talked to me about credit cards. Like, I don't know if my mother had a credit card at the time. I wasn't really familiar with them. This was kind of like right around the time when debit cards were becoming big. So I really didn't have a banking account or anything yet. So I'm at this kiosk or this table and I sign up for this credit card and I got the credit card. And, you know, I was being reckless with the credit card. I was just buying stuff and I wasn't really paying the monthly um, minimum, I was just like buying stuff and it was like, maybe it had like, I don't know, $900 on it, right? As a maximum. And so I was pretty much, I had spent that $900 and when I was done spending it, I just ignored it. Like, I just was like, okay, well, the money's gone and I was not paying my monthly bill. And so the first mistake I made was getting a credit card at age 18 and not understanding what credit is, not understanding how to build credit, not understanding exactly what a credit card is. And so for those of you who may not know, a credit card essentially is a loan. It is a loan. It is money that is not yours. So whatever your credit limit is, it is essentially an amount of money that you can spend. You can swipe this card and you can spend it. But there is something called an interest rate on that money because it is, in fact, a loan. And if you're unfamiliar, the interest rate is like the price that you pay for borrowing that money, right? So it's like I'm borrowing money from you, but I'm going to have to pay interest on it. And so for credit card, the interest rates typically um, are like a yearly rate, which means that that rate applies to that amount that you borrowed over a whole 365 days. This is called the APR, and that stands for annual percentage rate. So on most cards, you can avoid paying the interest rate if you pay off your credit card by the end of that month. But if you are if you have a credit card where your limit is more than what you even make that month or even more than what you are able to pay that month, then a lot of people get stuck in these situations where they owe a lot on their credit card. So I ended up owing a lot and I ended up actually um, having to go to um, collections with that credit card, which basically means that when you go to collections, you haven't paid your um, fees or your bills for whatever um things that are on your financial portfolio account or your your credit score, so to speak. And that negatively impacts your ability to get new credit cards. And it just really just puts a bad taste on your name. And that was me at 18. I had, you know, this negative credit experience. So my first mistake was getting that credit card, but not just getting it, but not understanding APR, not understanding that I didn't need a credit card, not understanding that if I couldn't pay for it, I probably shouldn't have been buying it. And also not understanding um, that if you don't pay off your actual 
uh, monthly bill or pay off your credit card each month that you will owe APR, which means that there's an extra percentage of that money that you spent that's accruing. So let's say your APR is 17% and you spend $4,000 that month, which is your credit limit, or maybe not, but then there's another 12% of that $4,000 that's being added on top of what you already bought. So it's not just about what you buy with the credit cards. I also think that it's super important that you get a credit card from a reputable bank. Like the bank that I got that credit card from had some really weird terms and conditions and they were targeting college students and it wasn't a reputable bank. Like it was a bank that was not very popular. So I would say definitely do some research on the banks that you get your credit cards from as well. The credit card companies, research your APRs. Also know that you can uh, negotiate your APRs if it's too high and also, you can switch over your credit card to a 0% APR card, um, you know, and transfer that over so that you're not paying that rate on a large amount of money. But yes, mistake number one, money mistake was getting that credit card in college and not being informed. So shortly after that, I got a bank account. And I was excited because now direct deposit was happening. I was excited about getting my checks, not in paper form. And I opened a bank account and I was super excited. I was putting my money in my bank account. I had my money from my jobs on campus and also like my money from my refund checks going into my bank account. But back then, online banking existed, but we didn't really have mobile apps for banking. So I wasn't checking my balance a lot. And for those of you who are unfamiliar, like checking your balance is super important because one, you can see any suspicious activity, but two, you can also keep a track of how much money you're spending so that you don't get any fees. And uh, one day I went to use my ATM card and I realized that I couldn't take it out and I couldn't take any money out. And it says something about an overdraft fee. And I'm like, what is that? Like, I didn't understand what that was. Luckily, I had two black bankers that were really personable. I was at a bank called BB&T, which still exists, that I love. It's a really small bank, and it, the customer service is great. But I had two bankers, and it was a male, a male and a female banker, and they were so nice. And I went in, and I was like, guys, I have something called an overdraft fee. Like, it's saying I can't get my money out. And what I learned later is that an overdraft fee is a fee that's charged when you're trying to either pay for something or take out money that you don't have. So let's say your account is at $2, but you're trying to buy something for $12. Your bank is going to charge you an overdraft fee because you are trying to withdraw more than what you have inside of the account. So because I was not being mindful of my balance, I was just spending all willy-nilly. And when it came down to it, I had two overdraft fees. And luckily, I had nice bankers who were able to reverse one of them, but I had to pay the penalty for that other fee. And that fee was around like $36, and that's expensive. And they charge it to you every time that you try to make a transaction beyond your balance. Um, and that can add up. So my second mistake was that overdraft fee, not being aware of what overdraft fees were and also just not paying attention to my balance on a regular basis. So now I'm definitely OCD about checking my balance on a regular basis just to make sure that I am not overdrafting. But of course, now there's apps and alerts that can let you know when you are low on your balance, which are super helpful in making sure that you avoid overdraft fees. There are also some banks who offer an overdraft protection fee and um, an overdraft protection program, so to speak, that will kind of protect you against 
overdraft fees. All right. So the next money mistake I would say that I made was at one of my full-time jobs where they offered a matching program for 401k and retirement accounts. So again, growing up, I grew up working class. I didn't really grow up with a whole bunch of knowledge around wealth management, money management. So I hadn't really understood what the importance of 401k and retirement was. So basically I kind of brushed it off for the first two years. Like, uh, I'm not really going to contribute. Mind you, the job that I had was like matching, doubling what I would put in. And for the first couple of months, I kind of procrastinate years. I'm sorry. I procrastinated on adding money um, to this account from my check. So basically automatically they would pull out whatever percentage you said that you wanted from your check. And there was a max, but then they would match that. And so that means that that was free money that was going to be given to me if I was to do this matching program. And so my big mistake was that I waited about two years to do that. And once I saw how much money I accrued over like, say, a year or even a little bit less than a year, it was like, wow, I should have been doing this a lot earlier. So I would definitely suggest that if you have those kind of benefits with your job, that you should take advantage of them and honestly just max them out as much as you can because the truth is um, you won't really miss the money, especially because it typically comes directly out of your account before you even have to see it, before you even have to notice that it's gone, before you get used to getting paid a certain amount. So I would definitely suggest that because that was a huge money mistake that I made early on. Well, that really wasn't even that long ago, honey. So I definitely, if I am offered that type of benefit in the future, I would definitely make sure that I was maxing it out or as close to maxing it out as possible because that money adds up, especially when your company is matching. And the last money mistake that I want to talk about is having a culture of saving and not investing or making your money work for you. And what that means is that because I grew up frugal, because I grew up working class, um, I have this fear of being poor. Excuse me. I don't know if you can hear me. I had this fear and I currently have this fear of being poor. I have this fear of being broke. Um, so what that means is that I hoard money, right? Like I'm, I am like a habitual saver. I save, 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 save. You always have a savings account. You always have bank back up money in the bank. You always have money ready to go in case something goes down and to also pad any decisions or unexpected things that may come up. But what I found is that being a saver is great, but also when you save, especially if you do traditional just saving in like a savings account, your money is not making any money, right? Like you're saving and you have that padding if something goes wrong, but the interest rates are typically super low. You're not earning any money by keeping your money there. So there are other ways to earn money and save money by investing, like investing in stocks and bonds, also um, things like Bitcoin, also investing in businesses, um, um, using your money towards um, investing in other companies that will return money and also doing things like investing in real estate. So buying property, flipping property, rental properties, Airbnb, um, having several streams of income so that you are able to um, have your money make money, right? Not just to be there, to be saved. And that includes a culture shift and a mind shift that I honestly am still slowly making. Uh, So I would say a mistake I made is just definitely not understanding what investing means and how wealth works and also having assets like owning things like property, vehicles, boats, 
Those types of things, companies definitely help to increase your wealth and your wealth management. And the last mistake I'll say that I made with money is being afraid to get a financial advisor. Um, I've thought about getting a financial advisor for a long time, but there's something scary about just, I don't know, someone knowing that much about your money. And like, I know that they're there to help you with your goals, but for whatever reason, it's something that I have not warmed up to do. And it's something that I hope to do in the very near future. So what I did wrong when it comes to money was that I did not know a lot about wealth building. I was also too eager to spend money on credit cards that I did not pay it back when I was young, and that definitely negatively impacted my credit. I also did not put as much into my 401k matching program at my previous job as I could, and now I know that it's super important to make those investments. What I also did wrong was that I was uh, I am just so focused on saving, saving, saving that I am not necessarily making my money work for me and building on that wealth and those assets that are going to make me more money in the future. Thank you for listening to the What I Did Wrong podcast. As always, I appreciate your support. Catch new lessons each and every week on Wednesdays. Feel free to follow me on Instagram at LonnieWoodsTheThird or visit my website at LonnieWoodsTheThird.com. Until we meet again, remember that regret was meant to refine you and that your mistakes don't have to define you. I leave you in love, peace, and style. Until the next time.